Subscribe with iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. And if you enjoy what you hear, like us on Facebook. Also, consider throwing a little cash our way by visiting patreon.com slash koreafm. And find more of our great content on our home on the web, koreafm.net. I'm Chance Dorland, and over the next two days, I'll have highlights from the Asian American Journalists Association's 6th New Now Next media conference titled Journalism in the Mobile Age, taking place right now in South Korea. Earlier today, I spoke with some of the panelists who presented here in Seoul, and here's what took place during this afternoon session titled Follow the Money, Business Stories You Should Be Doing Now. I'm Alastair Gale, and I'm the Bureau Chief in the Wall Street Journal. Something that came up with a question from the audience um, that you answered very well, you talked about kind of um, choosing between stories that will get a lot of clicks or a lot of likes versus something that's for your subscribers. Could you talk about how you look at that and how you've seen that in your career? Uh, well, it's, it's a daily challenge, really. I mean, you, there are so many great stories out there. I mean, you think of something like North Korea, right? So there's always some kind of wacky thing going on. Like, like yesterday, there was the two sons of uh, an American GI who uh, appeared on uh, North Korean TV and were basically talking about, you know, North Korean propaganda. One of them was dressed in a, uh, a North Korean military uniform. You just think that's such a compelling, interesting thing to write about these two guys. But we didn't do that story because it's not the sort of thing that people come to the Wall Street Journal for. And so our, you know, our um, subscribers expect us to be doing things about, uh, you know, what's happening in financial markets, what what's happening with, you know, big big companies, uh, you know, things that are essentially about investments. Uh, so you you but you want to do these fun stories as well because you know if you do them and you get good placement, you write them well, and you have good presentation and video and things like that. Uh, you know, that will get a lot of clicks. And that's one metric of success. But, I mean, the challenge of journalism these days is, you know, how do you actually make money from what you do? So, for us, you know, we are more focused these days on subscriptions and trying to get people who see the site as a place where they would come every day and, you know, read stories about things that they need to do to do their jobs in uh, usually, you know, with financial decisions. Uh, so, yeah, it's always a challenge, you know, and you want to do the fun stories, but you just sometimes you can't. Tony Monroe, I'm the uh, bureau chief in Seoul with Reuters. One of the things that you mentioned during the panel that um, I thought was really interesting, living here in South Korea, I kind of agree. You said something like family businesses are a gift that keeps on giving. Could you expand on that? Well, it's, it's, it's Korea and it's Asia in general. Business, uh, businesses tend or many big businesses are run by families, controlled by families. And there are issues with succession uh, that can be quite messy and can make for very compelling uh, news stories. Uh, it ties into corporate governance and ownership and shareholder rights. Um, so yeah, it, it, it can be a potentially rich vein for stories. Uh, it's Peter Pei, I'm the bureau chief at Bloomberg. So one thing that you mentioned during the panel was not only how secretive some of the Korean, or I guess maybe all the Korean chables are, but kind of how much they're hiding means that there is a lot of material for stories. Uh, there are a lot of materials, or potential materials, let me rephrase that, mainly because um, it's there's so there's so little transparency that it's really hard to get any financial data, for instance, uh, any information besides the limited amount of uh, required reporting that they have to do, right? So uh, we know, as any journalist would tell you, if, if 
if on the surface it looks like there's nothing going on, well, there's plenty going on. And that's exactly what's, what's happening here. The question is, how do you get that information, right? And, and that's, a, that's a major issue here. And maybe the, the corporate governance reforms here could change that. So journalists can, can dig deeper and, and find those good business stories. Uh, but right now, it's, it's really tough. You know, it's there, but it's hard to get to. Hi, I'm Heather Timmons. I'm the senior Asia correspondent for Quartz. Something that you mentioned that I really appreciated, because um, I think it exists in other areas, but definitely um, in, in business reporting, is that people that are financial experts, but maybe not journalists, they might miss things or they might be influenced by something that would almost kind of force them to miss something or have a bias. Well, I think there's a pack mentality that happens in investing and in analysis. And I covered the subprime industry right before the bubble, and there were a lot of analysts that knew things were going wrong but didn't want to write it because their banks were doing business with these companies and they were selling these mortgage-backed securities. Um, So people sometimes are biased, they're influenced by their employers, or they just don't see it. And, And often it's the journalist who pricks the bubble. So I think kind of what you're saying is that someone with more journalism experience, but maybe not a financial background, could do just as good, if not better, reporting in a lot of cases. I think so, because you're not beholden to a bank that may also be doing business with the company that you're talking about. Um, And you are not pressured or influenced to make your ratings sort of fit into the same bracket that everyone around you you um, is. And I especially, I think as a journalist, you're pressured instead to stand out. You're pressured instead to find that thing that nobody else is doing. So we sort of have different motives. Hi, I'm Juan Ha. I am a news editor for Bloomberg News. One of the things that you mentioned towards uh, the end of the panel was kind of how people might get story ideas or get a start in business reporting. Something you mentioned was luxury items. Could you expand on that and maybe some other ways that it might be possible to get a start in this type of reporting? You know, we are all consumers, whether or not we like it, right? And um, you can really find lots of really interesting stories by looking at consumer and, of course, by looking at the ultra-consumer luxury. I think any time that you slap Hermes in there, anytime you slap Gucci, Prada, that's going to generate lots and lots of hits, even if it's about um, them pulling out of a Hong Kong shop, for example, because rents have gone too high. That story will generate lots of hits. So I think to find those stories, I think a lot of times, you know, what the panelists said was you just really need to look around, right? Look around at the malls, go into the shops, see what, see if the shops are full, see, notice if they're empty and find out why, um, what's changed, right? And when did it change? You might also look at what people are buying and, uh, you know, the volumes that they're buying. I mean, I think right now there are a lot of, a lot of changes, obviously, because of what's happening in China. There's the impact of China where you've got, you've got a slowing economy. So all of those consumers from China are maybe not spending as much as, as they would be. Uh, but there are, there are spots, for example, in luxury, you know, in Japan, in Korea, here, where the Chinese are still coming just to buy luxury items. So I think it's, it's a really good source of uh, good thematically, a good, a good place where you can find lots of good stories that attract a really wide audience.